welcome to another episode of the Haskin Cast podcast. I am your host, Scott Haskin. Wow, my voice just cracked there. It never happens on the intro, but it's probably just because I'm so excited to be able to get back one of my favorite guests, Laura Purcell, coming off of her big concert in Nashville. Laura, how are you doing? I'm, so, I'm doing great, and thank you so much for having me back. I have to apologize. I wanted to get you back like right after the concert, and things got kind of crazy on my end. Uh, so I, I just kind of pushed all the interviews back a little bit, but I'm so glad you're here today. I want to hear all about it. But first, how are you doing? I am doing great. And, you know, it, it's when you put something this big together, you always have this kind of anticlimactic come down. It's like, oh, I can exhale. Mm-hmm. Then it's like, oh, my gosh, what's next? What am I going to do next? Yeah. I got to have some pipeline. So I've actually been working with um, my friend and publicist, Lindy Winter, on creating a follow-up show. I want to build on what we did because it went so well. It was so successful and it was so unique that I want to put together, um, I can't, I can't share too many details because we don't want anybody to steal our idea. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we are definitely going to build on what we did. And I have a lot of things uh, planned. Lots of things. And um, one of the things that I can talk about, I I want to do this show with a a focus on memory care and Alzheimer's and dementia and the the healing power of music. And Mm -hmm. so we're exploring lots of different avenues to pursue that. We're putting together a sizzle reel from the show. From both shows, because, you know, I did the one in Los Angeles and I did the one in Nashville Mm -hmm. and I've got a lot of content and a lot of footage. Um, So we're we're putting all that together. It takes some time, but we're we're moving ahead. And it was a once in a lifetime show. I especially the one in Nashville was just ah, it was (sighs) it was emotional and we had a packed house and it was just beyond anything I could have possibly hoped for. Well, that was going to be one of my questions was, were you able to get the footage? I know you had it planned, but I also know how things go and sometimes they don't always work out, but you did get a good recording. Oh yeah, we got it. What he did was he recorded um, my portion of the show. He report, he recorded each individual song mm-hmm. independently. So you don't hear a lot of the introductions. It's We don't have the entire show as it happened. We have all of the songs that I performed. Okay. So that's what we have. Um, I kind of wish I had gotten a little bit more B-roll footage. The rehearsals were so fantastic. Charlie McCoy, who opened for me, was just off the charts. Brilliant. He's just so good. And um, he's a legendary harmonica player, Mm -hmm. one of the last guys still performing and and out there from the, the golden days of Music Row. And he was just so great. I am so sorry that I do not have that on camera, on film. But I do have, on, on we, somebody did videotape our rehearsal on oh. their iPhone. You have that. And I want to upload it. I think that was really special. Well, you know what you could always do in this day and age of people not actually watching things when they happen, but making sure that they film them. There's chances that there are people out there that have that footage. You could always reach out through your socials I, and see you're if somebody's right. got it. You're right. The, we, we did a duet. Um, called Lover's Key that Charlie had written and we rehearsed it one time and then we performed it and it was so 
fun. And it was such a joy to share the stage with him. Mm-hmm. And he was playing guitar. I really hope somebody comes forward with that footage. I only have the rehearsal. So no. I really want to see it. So if anyone's listening to this and they were at the show and you taped that performance, please let let Scott know. Yeah, that's right. Write me at scott at scotthaskin.com. Let me know what you've got. Uh, I will yeah. get that information over Laura or just go to Laura's website. That link is in the show notes and you can write her directly. Yeah. Uh, as you can tell, she's awesome and so much fun to talk to. So uh, you, you guys rehearsed it once and then just went out and did it. Are you, do you find that's more comfortable than rehearsing it three or four times and getting really comfortable? Is it better to just let it be spontaneous and happen? It totally depends on the genre. And this tune actually was more of a little jazzy, jazzy tune. Mm-hmm. It, it had a jazz um, structure to it. And it was just so in my wheelhouse. And it was such an easy song to sing. I knew we would only need one rehearsal. So we had one rehearsal at my house, he came over. And then of course, he played me all sorts of other songs that he had written. We had such a great time. Um, and then we of course, we did one run through at the venue right before the show. Mm-hmm. And um, that, so technically, I guess we had two, we had two rehearsals. The second mm-hmm. one was with the band. It was, but it was so easy. All I had to do was memorize the lyrics and he had sent me the track. And of course I played it over and over in my car sure. for two weeks. So I knew it. I knew yeah. it backwards and forwards. And I still sing it down on lover's key. It's so, it's so sweet. But, so. You, but you know, when you get on stage and you're in front of a crowd and everybody's got the adrenaline going, it's not the same song that you've been rehearsing at home. It's, it's a little elevated, a little faster. It is. You got to keep the tempo down. And then you think, oh, my gosh, I hope I really do have these lyrics. <laughs> I hope I think I have them. But, you know, but I, on a show like this, a lot of singers will have music stands with cheat sheets or lyrics or a teleprompter. I refuse to do that. I won't do that. I think it, it for me, I'm not judging anybody else. But mm-hmm. for me, I, I think it holds me back and keeps me chained to a piece of paper. And I really want to be free and move and communicate with the musicians and the audience and not be hampered by reading lyrics. I like so that. yeah, the two weeks before I just hammered it, hammered it, hammered it. And I, I have so much training in theater and monologues and being on stage that, that to me, it's, it's so part of my DNA. Mm-hmm. It's, I have to do that. And, oh, sure. and, and I like it. It's kind of a challenge, you know, I you think- play a little game. Yourself. I think, though, it, it, just human nature, especially these days, if we have a crutch, we'll use it. Like people won't bother to do math in their head because they have a calculator in their phone. They're like, I don't need to bother with that. So I oh, think yeah. if you set yourself up with that, well, I've got the music on a music stand. I'll be OK. I wonder if there's like some subconscious thing that people wouldn't work as hard to learn it because they know that they've got their safety net. Yeah, it is a safety net. And and if you memorize it, you have to, it forces your brain to make the connections between the phrases. Mm-hmm. So it, it's logical. You're telling a story. You're not just memorizing words. There's actually a story that you're telling. Mm-hmm. And if you're glued to a page, for me, I, I can't tell that story. I can tell the story if I have already connected the dots in my head. Right. And I know the story that I'm getting ready to tell. You could relay and, a story, but you couldn't tell the story. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. I exactly. I couldn't get inside of it. I couldn't, you know. So it forces you to make those connections to get to get under the skin of the story and yeah. and hopefully people will feel something, you know. You yeah. want the audience 
feel mm-hmm. something. And if there's anybody that's still not convinced not to do that, I'll give you another factor that people uh, oftentimes don't think about when you do your rehearsals, even if you're on stage uh, with you know wherever you're going to perform. Uh, the house lights are typically still on. And you don't know what the lighting is actually going to be like where your music stand is until oh, you're performing. So true. And it, I would have been in big trouble if I had been relying on a music stand because it was dark. Mm-hmm. It was dark. Yeah. yeah the, the only, yeah, th- there was a set list written on the floor mm-hmm. in front of the monitor, which we all looked to make sure we were on the same page and we're all doing the same song. Mm-hmm. But Wow. If I had had a music stand, I would have, I would have had, I would have been in trouble for mm-hmm. sure. I would have been the light and who wants a light when you're, yeah, yeah. forget it. If you're, if you're no. playing with an orchestra, like if, if it's like a full 60 piece orchestra, that's fine because you know, that that's just kind of acceptable there. But outside of that, yeah, it just looks, it looks like you didn't do your work. I know. I know. Now the musicians, they all did have music stands with lights and sure. I did have eight string players. I had six violins and a viola and a cello. And so they all had their lights on and, yeah. but they were, of course they should. I, I don't want them to play the <laughs> Right. Well, be, uh, now let me ask you though, from where you were at on the stage, how was the sound for you? Were you able to hear everything clearly? Did you have any challenges? I did have a few challenges. When you have that much sound behind you, it is a wall of sound. Mm-hmm. I Two guitars, a bass, drums, piano, a loud piano, mm-hmm. and eight strings. So even though the monitor was up pretty loud, I, I just kept hanging on thinking, I hope I'm in tune. I hope I'm in tune because I'm not hearing. I, I'm hearing enough of myself, but I'm not. It, it wasn't. It wasn't as if I was in a room with one or two instruments. It was definitely a little bit more of a challenge. Right. And of course, the engineers boost the low end, expecting that the crowd is going to soak some of that up and it'll sound really good in the crowd area. But you as the person who's not in the crowd gets the low end. So you've got a lot of low end pushing through your your area. Yes, yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And as I, I went up to Pat Burson, who's my, one of the guitar players. I said... Was I on pitch? I'm hoping I was on pitch. And he said, you were on pitch. Of course, I don't, if I wasn't on pitch, would he tell me that I wasn't on pitch? He might not tell me. I don't know if I would tell me. But he, he said that I was on pitch. And I tend to I, t- I tend to trust Pat's opinion. So I well, think I was pitch. And it wouldn't do any good because you're going to watch the performance. <laughs> it's like you would know if he was not telling you the truth. I know. I saw the performance. Yeah. They, oh, they, I got Well, there are a couple of notes. So I'm like, ah! started to slide a little bit there, but I caught it. Okay. I don't think anybody else would have, but I'm really very happy with it. The videos are really beautiful. And uh, I, oh my gosh, this is something that's hilarious. I did not know until 10 minutes before the show started what I was going to wear. I could not make my mind up. I had different dresses and I I loved them both. I couldn't decide what to do. I didn't want to overdress, but then again, I, I wanted to make a statement. So I ended up doing a costume change and I wore both. Oh, brilliant. Yes. Brilliant. So I wore a pretty blue dress for my duet with Charlie. And then he finished his set and I ran backstage and put on a floor length red gown. Classic. And it, and it worked. Yeah. <laughs> worked it really did and it was such a good choice i really lucked out on that because everyone else was so dark and they were wearing black Mm -hmm. that it really really popped 
and it fit the genre. And I had um, a screen behind me where we showed pictures, images of my dad growing up with my dad. So it really, really was a tribute to him. And it was so moving. Uh, For sure. I'm so glad that worked out. But, you know, that that's the kind of dress if I if I think back to and I think about your voice, how how your voice sounds, you could have had a great career back in the days of when they had the lounge singers that would lay across the piano, go out and work the crowd. Absolutely. I was born in the wrong decade. Truly. Well, I'm glad we have you now, though. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I'm a fan of that. I really would have loved to be, you know, singing in the realm, the, in the era of the great torch singers. That really would have been my thing. Well, you that would have been. Make it make a comeback. Uh, yeah. I'm. Oh, that's, believe me, that's part of the plan. Oh, good. That's what I'm going to I'm going to find those places. Those find those were, places. Those and were... I want to celebrate all that great music, mm-hmm. all that older music, you know? I really do. Yeah. What I loved about that era is that you had such a personal connection with the artists as they walked by and, you know, they would take their glove hand and pat you on the head or whatever they would do, or they would just look into your eyes. And everybody in the crowd got that one-on-one moment with the singer. Yeah. We don't yeah. get that anymore. I mean, we don't even come close to that anymore. Oh, gosh. Well, not with these huge arenas and concerts and the style of music. I, I, yeah, I guess you don't. Now, how I far guess you, how far could you see out from the stage into the crowd? I could only see the first two rows, possibly three. Wow, that's yeah. not much. It's not much. So I could hear them, mm-hmm. and I knew there were a lot of people there, and I could see a few people upstairs. Mm-hmm. But it was pretty. It was a full house. It was a full house. At least downstairs, it was full. And we actually did well. We made money, which is oh, shocking. Good. Excellent. We, we didn't pay to play. Yeah. Oh, that's always <laughs> always a happy plus. But so, so borderline these days. I mean, even if you sell 75% of the venue, a lot of times you don't even break even. It's oh, it's I pretty know. risky to do concerts nowadays. It really is. It's very, very expensive. And you know, the ticket price was not much. It was $15. Yeah, that's nothing. I, I mean, unbelievable. I... I, I I couldn't believe we didn't we didn't ask for more, but we didn't. Um, but but we we still did re- really well, you know. But people did buy drinks and dinner and all sure. of that, so I think people did spend some money. But but honestly, yeah, was, if if you would have charged forty or fifty dollars a ticket, I wouldn't have said, "Oh, Laura, no." <laughs> you know, what? I, like I would have thought that was reasonable. So fifteen is just kind of insane. Yeah, well, yeah, I think so too. I think moving forward, that 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 will be a thing of the past. I, yeah. I don't think that's. And you know, when we did the concert in in L.A., it was free. Nobody oh, paid anything. Wow. At, yeah, at the Hard Rock Cafe, and I'm trying to remember why we did that. I think if we charged <laughs> the venue and to rent the venue was something like twenty five thousand dollars. It was just crazy. Yeah. Like who can do? So yeah, it was a free concert. It was it was the debut album, and I kept telling people, guys. This never happens. String section, free ticket. Mm-hmm. All you get is down to Hollywood. And I still had a hard time getting a lot of friends to come on a Saturday morning. It 20, was... 25 is is crazy because the Hard Rock is not that big. It doesn't have that big of a capacity. You'd have to charge a really exorbitant amount to hope to break even. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, would, have, it, would, it was nuts. It, it just wasn't going to happen. Yeah. But I needed a place. I needed a stage. It was big enough to hold all those violins. That's the problem. Right. I couldn't do it all venue. Mm-hmm. So I 
Hard Rock Cafe had the big venue and they did a beautiful job and it was wonderful and the sound was good. And, um, you know, no complaints. It really it's been a it's been a wild few months. I'll tell you. Was that they, is that the one that's over um, by what is it? The City Walk in Anaheim? No, it's the one in Hollywood. Oh, by the Hollywood. The Kodak. Yeah, right where they where they do the the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, it's, nice. it's uh, man's Chinese theater and mm-hmm. you know handprints and the cement and all of that. It's it's all in that area. And um, the thing is, it's it's parking is a nightmare, and you have to walk a long way. And you know, it, it's Hollywood, so mm-hmm. a lot of people go, ah, I don't want to go to Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, but fine. man, there's some great shows that that go out there. I have a little bit of a personal connection with the uh, Chinese theater. When I moved to LA, that was the first place I did a red carpet. And uh, I don't even remember what the film premiere was. Uh, But also my music has played in a film that was shown in that theater. So that's uh, I I was commissioned to write the intro piece for a film. And and, uh, when I found out it was being shown there, I was like, that's a dream come true for me right there. A milestone moment. Had to be there for that. I wish I could have been. Yeah, I I unfortunately wasn't able to go. Oh, man. But still. All right. That's okay. Just the fact that I got played there, that's huge to me. Uh, that's huge. That that that's 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 a milestone. That that's a bucket list item for sure. So, how many songs did you end up performing? I did. Let's see. How many did I do? I did ten off the album, mm-hmm. and then three additional thirteen, and then the duet with Charlie, fourteen. I think I did fourteen songs. Nice. Yeah, and then I had my friend Julia Holland came out, and she did. Um, she was my guest singer, and she did "Since I Fell for You." Mm-hmm. Um, song that she recorded with my father back in 1999 or 2000. Mm-hmm. So that was really special. It was, it was, it was fun. It was enough. It was enough. And Charlie did 45 minutes. Wow. His, yeah. He did Orange Blossom Special and Choo Choo Chaboogie. And I mean, he's just, he was so great. I, I just, I hope I get to work with him again. And if there's a place for him in the, in the show moving forward, I would be so delighted if he would join us. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's, he's in a position where he could just come out and do it. He wouldn't need, you know, a week of rehearsals or, you know, time with everybody. Oh. Like he could just come out and do it on the, on the fly. We, we have the same band. We use the same players. It's oh, the perfect. same. Well, see, then he can't be out playing somewhere else. Cause you've got his band. I, well, that's true. I not even think about that. There you go. There's your in right there. I've got your band. If you want them back. <laughs> Unless he's playing at the Grand Ole Opry. And he uh, does play at the Grand Ole Opry several times a month. And I um, he gets me tickets. So hmm. I've seen him twice now at the Grand Ole Opry. He's so good. How and I don't think that's his band. I think that those are the Opry band. The but, house but, band, you yeah. know. Good players. Oh, sure. How, <laughs> they, they got it covered. How is the sound there? I would imagine it's like really vintage it's, sounding. Like it is so well. I don't know if you call it vintage because it's it's in a big, big arena. You know, a big theater in, mm-hmm. out in Opryland, and um, it's state of the art, beautiful. It's great sound. It's fantastic sound. It's clear. It's big. Mm-hmm. It's not too loud. I think the balance is great, um, and it's a radio show. The whole the show is an actual radio show being broadcast oh. on them, and so you have they do their ads. This show has been brought to you by Pontiac Dealership. Wow! Now back to the next <laughs> act. And 
to really sitting in on a radio show. And it's been that way for over, a, what, 100 years? 19, mm-hmm. almost 1927, I think, is yeah. the first broadcast mm-hmm. of the Grand Opry. And, and what a what a rich history that place has. I mean, who who is who that hasn't played there? Oh my gosh. I you know what? A dream of mine would be to play the Grand Ole Opry. Just one song. Just one song. Just get me on stage one time. Do it. Oh, I think Charlie would have to help me with that. I don't I don't see a problem. I give me his oh. number. I'll call him up and like, here's what we're oh. gonna do. We're gonna get more uh, up there. To, you pick the song. I, stage one time i would be so i i that i could die that would that would be it <laughs> well how how is it for you like if you're so you did you know 10 songs off the album the first song that you go out and do because you're i mean you're an experienced singer do you get the butterflies do you get that oh my god i'm gonna pass out i need to drink a water before i walk out like what is what is that for you when you're about to go out for the first song that's such a good question well i you know, keep in mind i had already done a duet with charlie True. so i yeah, so I had already kind of warmed that up. So th- that was kind of a nice little dipping my toe in the water moment. Mm-hmm. And then when I came out, I think there's always a heightened sense of, oh, here we go, here we go. And I I said, they were going to introduce me. And I said, you know what, don't. They know who I am. Don't introduce me. I'm just going to walk out and start singing. Mm-hmm. I did. Yeah. And everything really dark and they brought the lights down and they brought the lights up on a beautiful black and white photo of my dad. And then I walked out and I just started singing. Oh, that's wonderful. That's what it should have been. So, yeah, this is just amazing. Did you have, uh, because this is kind of like a one-off event, did you have merch for people to purchase? Did you have anything available for for the crowd? You know, I had CDs, Mm -hmm. which of course... And I was caught up in the moment of things and I totally forgot to mention the CDs. Totally forgot to mention. So we sold a few mm-hmm. at the door. They're, oh, Laura has CDs. I, I didn't talk about the record at all. It was all about my dad. So we did sell a few. Mm-hmm. But you know what? People don't buy CDs as much anymore. Yeah, they really don't. They don't buy them, Scott. They don't have them. So I I have all these CDs that we have printed and um, I can, I can uh, sell them autographed. I do have quite a few left over, so and it's a gorgeous CD. But that's the only merch that we had. I didn't have time to put together, you know, stickers or T-shirts or coffee cups right, or anything. Yeah. Maybe that'll maybe we'll we'll when I come up with the next incarnation of this show um, and the name of it, I think we will have more merch. One thing that I've heard, uh, you know, because I'm not a touring musician anymore, but I, I have heard that bands are really making more of their survival money on the merchandise than they are the actual concerts. It used to be, wow. the, you know, the album was the thing that would get the people to go to the concert so you could make money. And now it's like the merch is the thing that you have the concert for so you can make money as a musician. It's really changed. Wow. Yeah. I don't have that kind of merch. I wonder what kind of merch they sell. What are they selling? Like t-shirts, bumper stickers, you know, I I don't even know how popular bumper stickers are anymore, but uh, there's like any sticker kind of thing seems really popular these days. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's it's such a different world than than it really is. I guess. Yeah. And probably t-shirts, baseball caps, Mm -hmm. coffee cups. Coffee cups. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I'm when I'm ultra famous, I'll have to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not there yet, but that's okay. That's all right. You can always have a few on hand, to... you know, for for the people that want one, and, uh, and and then you can see how they're selling and go, okay, well, you know, these are doing better than I thought, and you know, exactly, get more or whatever, you know. 
however it yeah. works. But it, it's 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 just like any kind of retail thing, really. You kind of have to just test the waters and see. And the other thing you have to consider too is from from different venues that you go to in different cities. Who's your crowd? Is it a different crowd that you had from one place to another? Because that's going to affect the type of merchandise sales you get too. True, true. And we want to put this show in other places, Nashville, but beyond. Yeah. And we're talking about doing it with symphonies. And oh, wouldn't that be cool? Because yes. I already have all the arrangements for eight strings. It would just, it's such a shoe in mm-hmm. and be able to present this music and not just my music, but all that, that golden era of the music of Nashville mm-hmm. from the sixties. Oh, yeah. That's all I'm <laughs> well, I would imagine with at least with your dad's music, there's probably a lot of uh, already arranged parts for like brass and uh, maybe some woodwinds. Yeah, true. Absolutely. Yeah. And, or we can add them. Mm-hmm. We can absolutely write those charts. That's not a problem. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's um, it's I think I think we have a huge opportunity to um, put on something really special, something that people are not used to seeing. And we heard that a lot. Um, when we were doing the show, people said, you know, we've never seen this. We've never seen a singer get up there with eight strings in a rhythm section and do these songs. Mm-hmm. This is amazing. Like, yeah, it is. Well, you may it have is. started a new sort of uh, setup, which would be really exactly. nice, you know. Uh, I, I know uh, we're a little short on time, so I, I want to ask you, I, I know that you guys have really kind of just done the concert. It's a lot of footage to pour over. Do you have a, yeah. an, an ETA of when you're looking at hoping to release something? Oh, you mean the, the actual videos? For the of show, the yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're on YouTube right now. Oh, but I mean, are are, are you going to do like a DVD package or? Oh, you know what? We haven't discussed that. That's an actual, that's a great idea. Okay. Yeah. That's Cause a, I mean, to have DVD like package. some of that, maybe like the rehearsal footage and stuff as a, as a bonus feature on there would be nice. And that really would. Oh my interviews. gosh. Scott gave me a great idea. Yay. Combine it with the footage I have from LA. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. You could do like You're a, right. a, just a, a combined uh, best of DVD with some footage and interviews. I'm going to talk to Lindy about that. That's an excellent idea. Yeah. Well, let me know. Yeah. But for now, I'll put the link uh, in the in the show notes as well to the uh, to the YouTube channel and the stuff yes. that I've seen. I mean, I haven't seen it all yet, but it's just it just warms my heart because I one oh Scott, thank you so much. Well, one because we had talked about. I knew how excited you were. I knew how much it meant to you. So to see you actually out there doing this thing that you know I was kind of imagining in my head was was very special. But just the the passion. The, the unity of everyone on stage, the whole thing was really just a magical it was so night. fantastic. Thank you so much. Absolutely. I, I, it's been so great talking to you. You too. I, I, thank you so much for this time. Always. Well, keep in touch. Let me know uh, as things develop and if there's anything I can do to help. Come back on the show. Let's talk some more. But thanks for coming back. Congratulations on such a wonderful and successful concert. You warm my heart. Thank you so much for having me on and for following up with me. This is so fantastic. And I'm definitely going to be in touch with you. Well, we're not done. <laughs> we're not done at all. <laughs> you have a great day, Laura. Thank you. You too, Scott. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.